Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right. I, you know, I didn't give the number to text. I think most of you know it. It's the same as our call-in number. But in case you didn't and you want to have it for this time or future, in case we don't get a winner for a while, the text number to win the prize is 303-713-1043. 303-713-1043. Same as our call-in number. Let's go right back to the phones, and let's bring Nate Zielinski up again. And, Nate, there's so much going on. You know, there's so much fishing going on right now. We're covering a lot of fishing. But, boy... It never fails that we get we end up in these conversations in late August about people last minute trying to get ready for hunting. The time to start getting ready for hunting is right now, Nate. It is, Terry. You know, I and I will say if anybody knows me knows that I, you know a lot of stuff I do is last minute prep just because seasons change and we're so busy. But with that being said, I'm really trying to go far ahead. You know, I'm trying to do everything six months ahead just so you have time to have prep and really the preparation, the scouting. Everything that you put into a fishing trip, a hunting trip, uh, an ATVing trip, that type of stuff, the preparation is what makes the trip phenomenal. You know, whether you're successful or not on an animal, it just makes it to where you don't have the hassles. Everybody has breakdowns. Everybody has equipment failures. And that's usually what leads to a failed trip. And, again, it's not all about the, the harvest, but it's what leads to a, a failed trip just in, you know, the sake of having a good time, entertainment value. Um, so, really, right now, while you have time to prep, make sure everything's right. Now is the time to do so. And, you know, today I want to talk about shooting. I want to talk about shooting with all weapons, you know, archery, muzzle, and rifle. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. I'm going through the phases right now. So, literally, right as we speak, um, I'm doing this kind of thing. And, you know, Gary, I've been an archery hunter since I was, you know, 16 years old. It's been, you know, 20, 25 years that I've shot a bow. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've been very successful. Since I've harvested many animals. Um, you know, I would say I'm a decent shooter. And going into this sheep hunt, um, I'm looking at shooting a little different. I'm looking at shooting a lot of angles. I'm looking at shooting in windy conditions. And really, it opened my eyes to, to kind of a whole new realm of shooting. And I'm 100% almost rebuilding you know, everything that I'm doing shooting-wise, new arrows, you know, different draw weights. I'm just tuning my bow differently, um, really due to, due to this hunt. And really, it's something that I feel like I should have been doing the last 20 years. Um, I don't really think there's an excuse to do it just for one hunt. But, you know, generally speaking, the average, you know, pronghorn, deer, elk hunt, um, you know, you're usually not shooting them in such severe angles. You're not shooting in crazy wind. You know, if you have that shot, you just hold off. Um, but in a situation of a sheep tag, you want to make sure that you can capitalize on every opportunity that presents itself. You know, that sheep, that ram, you know, or anything for that matter, gives you that opportunity. You want to make sure that you can make the most of it. So with that being said, I'm really looking at all these types of situations, looking at shooting in severe wind, looking at shooting at certain angles. And um, a lot of this stuff has really, you know, opened my eyes to, to the failures that I have as a hunter. You know, I'm really struggling with the angle thing. The angle thing is probably the, the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, I, I use a Vortex Fury binos that have a range finding capabilities and they change that angle for you, but it only works to a certain extent. When you start getting really severe angles, you know, severe up, severe down, um, things just change and you, the hunter, have to, have to make some adjustments on the fly 
to, to make those small changes to make that successful shot. For me personally, the uphill shots that are probably the hardest. You know, my rangefinder out to 80 yards is almost phenomenal on the downhill shots. But the uphill shot, um, it just blows your mind. You know, let's say a rangefinder reads to 80 yards. There's times where I'm really using my, my 35 yard pin on an 80 yard shot. Um, again, it's a gear angle, and whether you're ever going to be in that situation or not, it's hard to say. But if that position and that situation does you know, unfold in front of you, you want to make sure you capitalize on that. So, again, if small things are shooting angles, small things as I'm shooting a, a thinner diameter arrow, um, different fletchings, you know, there's the world is open fletchings. If you're an archery hunter now, you know, there's a million different things you can do with your fletching, and it all affects the stabilization of that arrow and how it flies and weights and front of center. And, you know, you go on and on, but regardless, this is not something that you're going to do even two weeks before the season. You can change your pins in two weeks, but building arrows and finding those angles and building those charts um, are things that are going to take time to do. And, you know, talking about angle compensation, it's 100% the same with muzzleloader and rifle. Um, one of my closest friends shot a, shot a really large big one sheep last year, um, and he was shooting almost vertical at 100 yards. Um, and his rifle had dialed at 100 yards flat was almost two feet off shooting vertical uh, in a sheep situation. So it matters in all situations. You know, really just opening the eyes for the shooter and the hunters out there right now, you know, do you know how to, to encounter and handle these certain type situations? So uh, more so with the archery equipment and the muzzle loader, but now is your time to play with arrows, to play with those bullets. You know, the, the muzzle loaders, everybody falls into the same category. Everybody goes to their local retailer, you know, they go to Bass Pro, which pull up best. You know, Bass Pro points out to the number one sold bullet. They buy it. They run 100 grains powder because that's what the general society tells them to do. And they sign in with that, not knowing if that's the best round for them. You know, playing with your powder, playing with your bullet, you know, watching your groups, understanding if that bullet is flying straight or if it's tumbling. Um, you know, all that type of stuff just takes time. And now would be time to do all of that preparation. No, you know what? I got to agree with you on two or three points, uh, which it, it pains me to agree with you this much, but... <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I missed I missed one of the biggest whitetails of my life shooting vertically because I didn't allow for the angle. And that was shooting with a, a three oh eight rifle that shot really flat. And I was you know, I was a significantly pretty good marksman back at that time. I did a lot of shooting, but I just didn't allow for the angle. And and you're right, and and you've got to shoot your firearm year round so you're comfortable with it too. Because if you start second guessing yourself, you're you're never going to make a confident shot. The last thing I want to get your opinion before we go to uh, some other things is I'm a real fan of archery of the 3D ranges you see Parks and Wildlife putting everywhere, rather than just not that the stand up distance ranges aren't good, but those 3D ranges put you up and down hills in riverbeds. They give you odd obtuse angles. Are you as fa- a fan of those too? Oh, absolutely, Ken. I mean, anything, uh, I think that's that huge. I think the biggest thing is understanding you can buy up on an animal because everybody that's shooting your bell and hay or just shooting a block target, you know, those targets are big and they shoot. They're like, oh, that was pretty close. That's off by 600 feet in there. And they kill themselves after being that vital that animal. But all of a sudden, you look at it on an actual 3D animal, you're like, man, that does seem really low and that does seem really bad. Um, so shooting a 3D target in any situation, that home or in a range, um, I think it's definitely crucial. And then, you know, they do a great job in a lot of these 3D ranges of putting in very realistic kind of situations where you're, you know, they do mimicking sitting in a blind where you're shooting, you know, sitting down or shooting from your knees. They do a lot of stands where, you know, emulating or standing on a hill and or a tree stand, shooting downward angle. Um, 
I think the biggest thing for me too in those type of situations is understanding the trajectory of my of my arrow. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is everybody in the moment when they're shooting that animal, everybody looks at the animal and all they do is look at line of sight. Where right? pin is, where the animal is, and I can't tell you how many times your arrow gets deflected by limbs, trees, whatever, something in the way because of the arch on that arrow, especially on some of the slower bows. Now, luckily nowadays, um, you know, technology has hit the whole hunting industry. And, you know, the bows are faster and flatter than they've ever been. But regardless, they still have an arch to that arrow. Um, so understand that, you know, know your variance. And, hey, if that animal's at, you know, 40 yards, you know, can I shoot there and can I miss that, that tree? Uh, and really understand what your particular, you know, bow or, or arrow is doing in flight. Uh, and that's a major thing. That's one of those things about in the 3D range is really going to help you out and build that comfort. And, you know, I think the, the big thing is a lot of hunters will take, you know, quartering away shots on an animal. They'll think about that. And like, man, you know, on an animal, I would do that. But you never practice that quartering away. That's where a 3D range, if you can get into a situation where you can take those quartering away shots, um, it's one of those things that I think throws a lot of hunters off. You have to, you know, essentially draw a line behind the shoulder of an animal and just say, okay, uh, if this, in imaginary terms, this is where my vitals are. This is where the double lungs are. This is where my heart is. And no, you can actually stick that arrow in there because so many people on a quartering away shot tend to go too far forward and hit, you know, basically one lung or shoulder, go too far back, you know, they put it back there in the gut. So, Understanding, you know, what shots you should take and what shots that you know you're just not capable of doing. And put those into play. Give them every angle possible on a 3D range. Shoot and just say, man, you know, that arrow did not go where I thought it was going to go. Especially the severe angles, you know. Everybody shoots too high and they miss the boys and you know, they go through the boys and miss the, the vitals. You know, understand where the organs are in an animal. Then look at that 3D range and just know that your arrow is passing through those vitals to make sure you make that vital kill in those animals. And again, that's things that you're only going to accomplish in the 3D situation. Nate, before we run out of time, let's switch gears. we got about two, three minutes. What's going on fishing-wise? The fishing is hot everywhere is what I'm hearing. It is. It's been a great week for fishing. I actually had a, a great week. Garrett Edwards was in town, did a lot of filming, but the walleye bite is at that summer peak. So the walleye bite is, is exactly as you would, you know, anticipate it and or hope that that bite would be. So right now, you know, the walleye bite, jigs, rigs, slip bombers, all the, all the traditional style walleye techniques are just on fire, all the reservoirs, trap field, cherry tree, pueblo. Um, those type of bites are just fishing very hot, but the trout bite, uh, again, I know we talked about it in the last couple of weeks, but the trout bite in that shallow water fishery, such as the Imperial Spinney, um, you know, all the stuff in Middle Park, Lake Johns, Delaney's, um, when those trout move shallow on the bunk hatches, um, it's incredible. You know, we're catching fish in two, three, five feet of water, um, and they are flat out aggressive. They are hitting the bait aggressively. They're fighting hard. That's probably one of the biggest things that I, I encourage people to try out at least once in their life is don't catch these big rainbows in shallow water because if even if you're in 10 feet of water, if you give a trout the option to go deep, they do so. Um, and they don't fight hard, but they use the depth and you get this downward pull and they pull hard and fun, but it's just different. But when you catch a trout in two, three feet of water, they cannot go down to avoid you. So they make the, the longest runs, the biggest jumps. Um, it's literally the same fish in 10 feet of water versus three feet of water. 
is a totally different fight. And that shallow water bike going everywhere in the state right now. Um, you know, reaction bait fishing is very fast bait fishing. You know, see, keep the bait high in the water column. You know, work your spoons, you know, jigs, everything either hitting. Uh, work your bait very fast. Um, it's a reaction bite. It is absolutely phenomenal right now. And that's a bite that I really encourage everybody to, uh, to make the most of right now while those fish are up in that shallow water. All right. I couldn't agree more. And they are so fun to catch. I mean, we've, Karen and I have caught some big, big trout offshore, just not even being in a boat. And of course, don't, you know, if you can get a boat on, it's a great way to get around and move around. Also, anything in particular on the walleyes? Are you jigging? You bait rigging? You trolling crankbaits? How are you catching the you walleyes? Know, we're catching one everything. I would say that the primary techniques right now are live bait rigging, things like uh, the slow death style technique or just general lindy rigs are doing very well. And then jigs are doing very well. Uh, we're looking for a little bit more noise right now. So if you're jigging things with a paddle tail, the big twister tail, uh, any of these can make a little bit more noise and it's going to be phenomenal in that situation. Um, but jigs and rigs are doing very well. And we kind of on slip barbers and rigs, we kind of on crankbait this week. Uh, if I'm fishing cranks, I've been casting them in extremely shallow water. The trolling bite with cranks, it's searching fish, but I wouldn't say it's phenomenal. So if you're going to be looking for crankbait, if you want to cast a crank, um, I would emulate like you're using your bass fish. No saying that five feet of water or less. Um, you actually get some bigger walleyes in that shallow stuff. But the traditional stuff, uh, general life barracks, general jigs are doing great. We, we talked about that this week. When you use each, if you're in a larger area, so if your structure that you're fishing is big, I always pretend it's my boat size. So if the structure is bigger than two of my boats put together, I like bait rig. If the spot is smaller than two of my boats put together, I jig. It comes down just to efficiency and how you're going to cover that water. So again, I just look at whatever vessel I'm fishing on. If the spot is two of my boats or larger, I like bait rig. Two of my boats are smaller, I jig, and that's kind of how I break down my decision-making of when to use each technique. All right, Nate, we got to go, but if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do it? Absolutely. You can look at uh, tightlineoutdoors.com. I get my personal cell phone number off there. You can get my email off that. Uh, feel free to ask questions. We get everything is right there. We're doing Father's Day gifts. Uh, everything else. Now, tournaments coming up. We have our tag trips coming up. Uh, but again, everything revolves around tightlineoutdoors.com. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. That's Nate Zielinski. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We are going to go right to the phones. Uh, joining us from the Blue Quill Angler is Chris Steinbeck. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad to have you on. Well, you know, Chris, um, Blue Quill Angler has long been one of the most respected uh, fly shops in Colorado. I hear nothing but good things about you guys, not only your shop and the information and the way you treat people, but also the stable of guides you got. You know, yourself, you've been guiding there for 10 years, and everybody knows Pat Dorsey, and you just do a great job up and down the, the spectrum of what you guys do. But the reason I wanted to get you on, this is a really different year this year, and I'm, I've talked to the, we had the biologist on earlier from the White River Mm-hmm. And he said that flows are way down, clear, and it's fishing good right now. And he doesn't know how long it's going to be fishable because the flows are so low already. And I heard the yeah. same thing on the Arkansas. We had, we had um, the guys from Ark Anglers came on. We talked about the Arkansas a couple weeks ago. And the Arkansas, there's virtually no runoff there right now. I mean, it's it's still decent. And they do have some water that's been purchased, the, the Arkansas River does, to maintain right. a, a, a sustainable flow. But these conditions are happening all over the state, aren't they? You know, they are. First, thanks for the kind words. We work hard for what we do, and we try our best to help everybody get into fish. 
Um, but in terms of the flows, it's right. You know, our runoff was very short this year. Um, it's already peaked a few weeks ago. Um, everything has been fishing fantastic. Um, you know, it's my belief that the water temperatures are high, air temperatures are high, water flows are low. And so everything's just been happening early this year. No, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of people would, wouldn't even have their long rods out right now. They would be right. waiting till the end of June into July for that great fishable flow, which is wrong anyway, because there are ways you can fish. There's controlled waters. There's edges you can fish with streamers. There's still a lot of ways to approach that. But, boy, if you're waiting to fly fish, I'd get out there now because the way conditions are, it might not be as good later in the year. You know, that's just it. It's a uh, take advantage now. We're fortunate. Cheeseman Reservoir bumped an additional 10 CFS out of the dam this morning. Um, 10 CFS doesn't sound like much, but relatively speaking, it was a good flow increase. Um, So that's going to help temperatures for the time being. Get in while you can because towards the end of the summer, our options might be limited. You well, know, once that water temperature gets 65 to 70 degrees, we got to start thinking in terms of the safety for the trout. Uh, you're absolutely right. Hey, you you guys do a lot of your guiding on the South Platte River. Kind of bring us up to speed, and then we'll talk about some other waters. What are you seeing in those drainages? Yeah, you know, the we're seeing summer conditions. Um, we're starting to get a lot of fish to come rise and eat bigger tractor dry flies, Amy's ants, and chubby Chernobyls. Um, the caddis fishing has been fantastic with John Barr's graphic caddis or Mike Mercer's swing caddis. Um, the stoneflies are going, and I'm expecting to start seeing PMDs any day now. And, um, you know, the flows are a little bit higher, higher up the drainage on the dream stream. And those yellow Sally nymphs are going crazy up there right now. Well, you know, the stonefly, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times we don't get to fish the stonefly hatch very well because the runoff is so high. But with with yep. those stoneflies coming up by the shore now with these low flows, not only are the trout in there attacking those stoneflies, but you can make a pretty decent presentation to them. You, you really can. And um, what's nice about the stonefly hatch is the very forgiving hatch, meaning at the end of your drift, when you start to swing out of your drift, those fish will tack those nymphs, you know. They're used to eating stone, stoneflies that are swimming, and uh, there's really not a bad way to fish that nymph. Well, that's that's a good thing for me. A couple of things about fishing stoneflies are really good for me. One is I don't have to make a great presentation. The other one is they're big flies, and I can see them. As I get older, fishing <laughs> fishing little 24 midges it gets harder and harder, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, very true. You know, a, a lot of times, and I want to talk about some other waters, but before we okay. even get to other rivers, a lot of times this time of the year, I'm sending people to still water, you know, go fish the lakes. And a lot of fly fishermen hesitate on that because they're used to the river locating the fish for them and positioning and making their presentation on the drift. And they shy away. But with these conditions now, I would add the still waters to your repertoire for other reasons, wouldn't you? You know what? I'm so happy you brought that up. It's so true. Um, still waters can be intimidating. It's much tougher to read a still water as opposed to reading a river in terms of where the fish should be, how you should present your flies. And uh, that's something as our shop, the Blue Quill, we're diving heavily into right now because that's going to be a great option all summer long when our flows are down. And, you know, I'm referring to Spinny Reservoir, Antero Reservoir. Um, Terriol is fantastic to fish. 
and I think uh, more and more, more and more uh, fly rotters need to take advantage of the still waters. And really, it's just a matter of getting out there and understanding it, fishing it a little bit. I think the two biggest things, number one, is that, you, like you said, they're not confident in locating fish. Now, if they're surface feeding, you can see them a little bit. But otherwise, study the lake. Talk to other anglers. Find out what kind of depth they're and what they seem to be eating. The other thing is a lot of the presentations in still water. Now, there's a few you can just drift under an indicator. But the river's not going to make the presentation for you. You have to make that fly come alive yourself. Correct. Correct. And that's the... And you have different ways to fish it. I mean, you can wait. You don't need a boat to go fish a lake. You can go put your waders on, wait out there, put your swimsuit on, wait out there and go fish. Um, we have Joe Schaefer, who's taken a hold of our float tube program at the shop. Float tube's a great way to fish. And that's something where if you're any or anybody's ever interested in, we, uh, we have all the float tubes at the shop. Um, those classes that we run, I mean, it's, it's just, building up so much momentum and people are starting to understand how much fun still water fishing could be. No, you're absolutely right. I want to get all the information about the shop and stuff, but before we do that, there are a few more waters. I know you and I talked about a few other rivers. What are you hearing and seeing out there if somebody wants to get out on the river right now? Yeah, you know, the Arkansas River's fishing great. Um, Arkansas is fishing really good. It's uh, down from Buena Vista down to Salida. Uh, that river's flowing great. The Colorado Rupp river up north is also fishing great um another river we wade in float trip on the colorado's flowing low and that's going to be another river this summer we're really going to have to pay attention to water temperatures um for the time being the blue river up in silverthorne really high flows but it fishes great with the streamer those fish would be really aggressive right now Okay, I love streamer fishing, too, and that's probably because my background was conventional fishing, and I took up fly fishing later in life, and I think, you know, the uh, sometimes the other way around, I've gone with some very experienced fly fishermen. That's another area where, at times, they would uh, struggle a little bit, and that's fishing a streamer because they, they'd want to drift it. Where you, That streamer's a leech or a minnow or a, a crustacean. you got to give it some action. You, you do. You do, and that's the fun part about it. You know, it's very similar. Me personally, I came, I started fishing in the conventional world. And so I fell in love with throwing lures. And I tell people a lot, streamers, the lure version of fly fishing. Um, and it could be just as technical as other fishing as well. Well, before we run out of time, tell people who don't know that about the Blue Quill Angler, what you offer and how they find you. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, you know, first, for a lot of the listeners out there, I imagine a lot of them are coming from the conventional world. Learning fly fishing, there could be a big intimidation factor, and there's no need to. Um, come up to the Blue Quill. We're right up in Evergreen, which is just 25 minutes up from Denver. Um, we have Carrie Carriger, who's one of the best teachers you're going to find in fly fishing. Um, it's really easy. You can reach us directly on our website, which is just bluequillangler.com, or you can call us, and that number is 303 674 Four seven zero zero. Um, and Terry, one other quick thing. I just want to give people another resource to learn about that Colorado River. Um, our head float guide, Bob Dye, he released a book here this month called A Fly Fishing Guide to the Colorado River and Tributaries. It's going to be an awesome way for people to learn about this river, learn about the tributaries like the Roaring Fork, the Eagle, the Fraser. Just a great way to fish. Now, is it available at your shop, and where else can they get it? And give the name of the book again. You bet. It's available at the Blue Quill Angler. 
you can come up to the shop, pick it up. You can go to our website. We'll ship it to you for free. Um, the title of that is called A Fly Fishing Guide to the Colorado River and Tributaries. All right. And Blue Quill Angler, they Google Blue Quill Angler, then get a hold of you guys. Great to have you on. We're going to have to get you on more during the summer because I think it's going to be one of those years where people are going to be hungry for updates. So, Chris, you know, t- go ahead. Thank- no, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I'm really excited that fly fishing is becoming a more of a staple in your show. I've been following you since I was a kid, and I love everything you do for us. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much. And like I said, we've heard nothing but good things about Blue Quill. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll have you on again in a few weeks. That sounds good, Terry. Take care. You bet. That's Chris uh, Steinbeck from the Blue Quill Angler. Great people if you want to get into fly fishing or if you're an experienced fly fisherman. I mean, you're talking some of the best fly anglers in the state guide out of their shop. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right to the phones, but before I let this gentleman even speak, I want you to know that yesterday and about an hour before he's ready to go fishing, he texted me and said, hey, let's go fishing. He knew I would be committed to other things and couldn't get away, and so he tried to just tease me with it. And then later on that day, when I finally could take a breath, have dinner and a glass of wine, he continually texted me pictures of big fish. But he's still my friend. Good morning, Jr. Good morning, Terry. And not to rub salt in the wound, uh, but a couple of those bass were five pounders. That walleye was 28, and that crappie was 14. Just saying. Good for you. (laughs) So yeah, just yeah, just 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 yeah. You you wouldn't want to rub it in or anything. We will get out together, and then it's it's on, pal. Game on, brother. All right. Hey, but there's a lot. I heard now you're with Colorado Clays, obviously, and we talk to you all the time. Um, we've been talking a lot about last-minute gifts for Father's Day. I think you've got some ideas. Terry, and thanks for mentioning that. That's uh, something we do very well out here. And by the way, Terry, happy Father's Day to you tomorrow. And any fathers, grandfathers, stepfathers that tomorrow applies to, happy Father's Day from Colorado Clays and our entire staff. But anyway, Terry, so obviously any day is a good day to visit Colorado Clay Shooting Park with your friends, your family, or anyone, really, that might enjoy some high-quality range time at Colorado's premier public shooting facility. And as Colorado's premier public shooting facility, Colorado Clays provides that real safe, friendly, user-friendly, and handicap-accessible shooting um, park for everyone. So that's what we do. But having said that, Terry, uh, there really is no better gift on Father's Day than bringing Dad to Colorado Clays for a day of shooting. And it doesn't matter what type of shooting he likes, because here at Colorado Clays, we have a great variety of ranges and opportunities for shooters of all types. So if he likes shooting pistols, we can cover that. We have a uh, NRA-approved, state-of-the-art 25-yard pistol range that has a target return system. Uh, if he likes his rifles, our 100-yard rifle ranges actually have a camera on your target and a monitor in the bay that allows real-time sight-in with no spotting equipment required. Uh, if he likes shotgunning, we have that covered, too. We have seven ATA trap ranges, 
two wobble traps, which, Terry, you know as well as I do, are as fun as trap shooting gets with the different angles they provide. We have two shaded skeet ranges and, of course, our most popular 15-station sporting clays course set in a beautiful Cottonwood Creek bottom. So you could do any of the above or move area to area during the day, and it makes a great time for the family. And then even if Dad doesn't shoot much or at all, you can give us a Colorado Clays and, and set up some time on our training trap, for example, with one of our amazing staff or instructors, which it makes for a very unique and fun time for everyone. And finally, Terry, if you can't make it out on Father's Day, you still have time to give us a call and we can email uh, a gift card out this afternoon and you can give Dad that special, unique gift of a Colorado Clays gift card tomorrow on Father's Day right on time. Now, I'm going to have you give the phone number because they need to call to get this email to them in time, but they can get it off the website, coloradoclays.com, too. But go ahead and give the phone number. Yep, best bet, 303-659-7117, and we'll get you taken care of. And what kind of increments do the gift cards come in? You know, Terry, our gift cards are whatever you want to spend. You can call out here. If you know what Dad likes to do, we can give you some ideas, uh, whether he's shooting on uh, you know, rifle pistol by the hour or out on our courses by the round or the target. Everything is reasonable, and we can make it for whatever amount you want, and he can come out and shoot and spend it as he goes. All right, very good. You know, speaking of families and gift cards and all those kind of things, you do a lot of family events get together too, and group and corporate events. That's kind of your forte for a lot of things. You know, it really is, and we're we're kind of famous for that, Terry. But you know, whether you're an individual, um, maybe a family or a group of friends, um, work associates, bachelor or bachelorette parties, weddings, family reunions. We do all of those. We do giant corporate events and small ones, and same with fundraisers. We, we can go from just a few people to a few hundred. So uh, we take care of that. But one thing I want to bring up, and I think people should remember, is if the experience level of yourself or your group is stopping you from planning an event or an outing you know, that involves shooting sports, uh, remember, you can call Colorado Clays, and for very reasonable management fees, um, you could have one of us coordinate your entire event. Uh, we'll provide a turnkey start-to-finish event that can be geared to fit any type, size, or experience level group. So there's no reason not to give us a call and see. Uh, people love doing events at Colorado Clays, and I want to make sure everybody knows you're welcome to do that, and we can make it happen. And you are open year-round, so you can book these events throughout the year ahead of time and have a lot of time to plan. Um, so it's just, and you're just great, good people with a great facility. Tell them again how they find you. ColoradoClays.com and uh, follow the instructions or give us a call at the number, 303-659-7117. And I better get asked at least a day before next time, or I'm not even going to take the pictures you text. <laughs> okay. You got it, Terry, but you better get new line on there. You're going to need it. All right. Thanks, JR. All right. Talk to you later. That's JR from Colorado Clays. Just great people. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is uh, brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right to the phones, and joining us to talk some more fishing is Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. 
Good morning, Perry. Well, before we even start, I understand that you and Mr. Black are in the hunt for Team of the Year with the Colorado Walleye Association. We are. There's uh, one more event left. Uh, we've had a pretty good year. We've got a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth place finish. And so the last event's coming up at Jackson. There's a, a couple teams still in the running, so um, it'll be real interesting to see how it all falls out. Oh, it'll be well. Good luck to you and uh, you guys. A couple good anglers, obviously. And for those of you that don't know, Brad worked for Camp Fish for and Fishermen, and still they still put that on. And he goes up and he's an instructor and and up there at the Camp Fish. Uh, when they pull that off, he's a tournament walleye fisherman. He's an accomplished angler and uh, and now a guide. I understand. Yeah, Terry, um, kind of exciting news. I uh, went and got my outfitter's license and permitted now to do some guiding on Boyd Lake. So if anyone's interested in getting out to Boyd Lake, uh, I've got some special prices running between now and the middle of January or middle of July. So if someone wants to get in touch with me, they can reach me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or uh, give me a call at 303-829-3998. So how is Boyd fishing right now? Boyd's actually fishing really well. Um, the walleye bite is doing real good. The fish were up shallow about a week, 10 days ago. With the warmer temperatures, they moved out a little deeper to the weed edges, but the live bait bite is phenomenal. The large and smallmouth bite are on their, uh, smallmouth bass are on their summer patterns and doing good. And the thing that has really come back and has a real strong year class is the white bass out there right now. There's a lot of 14 to 16-inch white bass out there, and those are just a blast to catch. When those white bass are on it, Boyd, I did a television show. In fact, if you go to my uh, my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, there's one where I filmed out there for those white bass. And, when you know, you can sometimes you get them on the surface and sometimes they're down below. And when you get them chasing bait on the surface and you position right, it can almost be a fish on every cast. And if you take people that don't get the fish a lot, or even me, I'm excited when I get out there. It's just so much fun, Brad. Oh, it is. I mean, anytime you can watch a fish strike the lure that you're throwing, that's exciting, whether it's, you know, catching a fish on a, a topwater bait, a dry fly, you know, watching a muskie follow a topwater lure, anything like that. I, I mean, that's that's one of my favorite ways to catch fish. Now, are you seeing the white bass? Are they chasing bait on the surface right now? They aren't. Um, you might catch them a little bit. Uh, but a little early yet? Usually, yep. Usually we're about a month early for that to really be going. But they're mixed in about the same depth as the walleye. So a lot of guys that are out there in that 12 to 16-foot range pulling bait, uh, they're catching both a mixture of walleyes and those big white bass, so you never know what you're going to get. And I imagine jigging would be a fish, would be great, too. Yeah, the jigging bite has been good. The guys uh, fishing the largemouth and smallmouth are catching a lot of them on jigs and plastics and Texas rig worms like they know that uh, you love to throw. So the bite right now, we're just getting into that summer pattern, which is really good because once you figure out what the fish are doing, they're going to be doing that for the next you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. And all these lakes uh, out on the eastern plains are in that summer pattern. So once you get them figured out, you're going to be able to go out there and repeat this over and over and have, have another, you know, month or two of real successful fishing. Yeah, you know, we hear a lot and we talk a lot about fishing spring and fall 
because of the chance for big fish. But it's a transition time of the year, and you have to catch the fish at the right place, and you have to catch the lake in the right conditions. You're absolutely right. I've always loved the summer fishing because you're right. They get into these summer patterns, and I don't care if you're on a natural lake or a reservoir. Once they establish that pattern, they tend to stick with it for several weeks, and it makes for good fishing and reliable fishing. So what you mentioned the eastern lakes. What are you seeing out like in Sterling and Jumbo and those lakes? You know, Jumbo, we fished there uh, about three weeks ago for a tournament, and that was absolutely phenomenal. There were four bags in one day, Perry, that were over 19.93 pounds for five walleyes. Um, just the fishing out there for quality, you know, under 21 fish, and then getting your overs is great at Jumbo right now. And Sterling's kind of the same way. Sterling, it's, it's in a little bit of a transition. It's getting warm. The fish had been up shallow. The water temperatures last weekend, we were seeing them hitting the 80s in the afternoon. So those shallow water fish are moving out to the deeper weed edge and the drop-offs. But that's where they're going to be real easy to find with your electronics. And fish them again, dragging a jig head and live bait or a bottom bouncer and a um, you know, just a single hook, or you could use a, a spinner, maybe like a smile blade or something like that to draw a little bit more attention. But the nice thing is once those fish pull off the, the shoreline, you're able to use your electronics and find them. And once you find them, they're biting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the eastern lakes that I haven't fished enough to give people good advice is uh, – uh, Jackson Reservoir. It's got a great walleye population, and I get asked about it a lot. Do you have some experience there? I do. Uh, we fished a tournament out there uh, last year, and then we've got one coming up again uh, next weekend out there. And it is a it's a real good fishery. You know, in the past historically, it was managed as a wiper fishery, but the state was having problems getting the wipers, so they switched it over to a walleye fishery. And I'll be honest, I think that the state is real surprised at how good the walleye fishing has become. There is lots of fish in that 16 to 19-inch range there. The one thing about Jackson versus, say, a Sterling is there's not as much structure in the lake. So you may need to cover water looking for them. Um, but it's it's got the, a great opportunity to be out there. The The other thing I'd warn people about Jackson is, the boat ramp, when the wind comes up, can get a little bit rough, especially if that wind's coming out of the east. So pay attention. If the wind starts blowing out of the east, I'd recommend people getting off. Um, but, yeah, I haven't been out there yet this year. My plan is to take my dad out there tomorrow for Father's Day and enjoy that with him. But uh, the bite that I'm hearing is it's a steady bite, and you can catch them doing a lot of different things, whether you want to use jigs live bait rigs, or even crankbaits. The last lake I want to ask you about, because I just had, I've had some people that are going to McConaughey for vacation in the early part of July, and I haven't been on Big Mac in a couple of years. I've fished it quite a bit in the past. Have you heard what's going on at uh, Lake McConaughey, and have, do you have anybody, have you experienced any of that recently? Yeah, McConaughey has gone um, three weeks ago or four weeks ago. They had the MWC tournament up there. And they had some really good weights, but the fish were transitioning for the big fish from shallow water out to the suspended tree bite. If you're targeting the big fish, pulling spinner baits and crankbaits suspended in those uh, those tops of those trees will catch you your big fish. 
But if you hit some of the community spots, whether it's the Boy Scout camp on the south side, Sand Point up north, kind of the Lemoyne area, all those areas have got a lot of quality and numbers of fish being caught right now. And the the wind's a big factor. McConaughey is one of those lakes that if you don't fish it a lot, you can you know where the fish are by where the boats are. It doesn't take long for the locals to all kind of hit one spot where the fish are being active. So you kind of have to pay attention to that, maybe see what they're fishing, what depth it is, um, what the structure type is, and then you can go out and do some looking on your own and find other spots similar that are going to hold a lot of fish. All right. Well, that sounds good. I hope they were listening, and I'll send them an email and pass on some of that. And that's kind of what I've experienced, that once the fish at Big Mac move uh, out onto those flats and points, you'll see a lot of different ways to catch them. A lot of people just drift around with a Lindy rig in those areas. Some people pull a bottom bouncer, and you can even troll some crankbaits. But the one consistent thing I've heard about Big Mac is tremendous number of year classes of fish and uh, a good biomass with a lot of fish and a lot of white bass there, too. Oh, the white bass fishing up there, uh, uh, well, it was a couple of years ago, I was out there just about this time of year and got into some white bass on jigging ramps, you know, got out on a point um, and just was marking a ton of fish. Every time you dropped it down, you couldn't lift that jig up three different, you know, three times in a row without having a fish on. And it was nonstop. And I bet that we did that for close to two hours. And we were pre-fishing for a walleye tournament. It was so much fun. We spent two hours catching white bass. No, you're absolutely right. Brad, before I have to let you go here, tell people again about your new guide service. Yeah, Terry, uh, gonna, we've got a permit to be guiding on Boyd Lake. Going to be doing it the rest of this summer and uh, also doing some ice fishing guiding out there. We're doing six-hour trips. The special right now, uh, normally the six-hour trip's going to run $400, but we're going to do it for the first 10 people that sign up for $300. And I'm also going to do a special drawing for anyone that books a trip before July 10th. I've got a private largemouth bass opportunity uh, that has bass over five pounds. And so anyone that signs up before that time, we're going to do a drawing for one of them to get an additional couple hours fishing there. I'll fish for, you know, any of the species in the lake, or if you want to go out and learn a technique, I'm happy to do that. And you can reach me at, Brad Peterson Outdoors on Facebook, uh, Brad P. Outdoors on Instagram, or give me a call at 303-829-3998. All right, Brad, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Thanks, Dave. And good luck in uh, Angler uh, Team of the Year for you and Charlie. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you so much. Brad Peterson, always a great resource for us. We're going to wrap things up here. Um, hopefully you've been following the show. You're a regular listener. You know, we're on from 10 to noon right now. But when Broncos training camp starts, we're going to move back to 9 to 11 to our normal time. So towards the end of July, kind of watch for that. I don't think the exact date has been announced yet. But we will make that that transition. But follow us every Saturday morning here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Follow us on Facebook. 
Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. You'll know if we're having a special guest, if we're having a big trivia giveaway coming up. You'll also get a link to my column in the Denver Post every week when it comes out. And that's the best way to follow my column because the one that we link to on Facebook has all the links to everything we put in it. Sometimes the ones in the app lose a link here and there. The best way is to follow it on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And every time we put another show up on our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, Karen will post that on our Facebook page. And we do trivia. And we give local updates to people who are just want to maybe if we're out fishing we'll put it up there and keep you informed so this is Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan we'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports right here on The Fan stood in the dark.